I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Uh, Elijah was really good tonight. He uh, got us some space and uh, was really, he was really hard to guard tonight. And uh, I think... Buddy got going the first half, so the combination of those two guys got us a separation. In the second half, we played really well. Uh, Barama helped us inside. Mark Marek, we got a little more balance. We missed a lot of really good opportunities from the three-point line that you know we really need to make. I mean, we got really good shots, um, and you know we're just we just haven't made enough of them. It's important Barama keeps getting better, and, you know, I, we need Quincy to do – he's – I don't know, he just doesn't seem to have any pop in his legs. He's missing dunks and getting shots blocked by guys that shouldn't block his shot. And, uh, you know, he's better than this. He's just – is not playing well. We need him to play better. Teams take a lot of threes against us anyway. They went to an extreme because I think they had to with the personnel they had. They were smart doing that. Um, and, you know, they just weren't sh making. They had some open shots. I mean, they had some chances to keep it close, and they missed. And then, you know, we got going on offense. Besides, it was just Elijah by then. Marek got going and made a play. Then Barama got those two or three buckets inside. That, that's When we get something like that out of him, we're just better. You know, we're just better. We're not great. But these guys have gotten everything out of themselves, I think, that we could ask for them this year. And, uh, you know, we just, we're just not quite good enough, bottom line. But we'll keep playing. Okay, thank you. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you, the fans, a voice to welcome. Happy Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Rate, review, subscribe yeah. on whatever platform you listen on. We really appreciate that. We appreciate everybody so don't we have a game today? So. Oh, yeah. You're hilarious. So... <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna see if we could get through the show without it, without a, um, without a, a joke about how I how I screwed that up. But that's okay. Everybody knows what oh, the games I wasn't are. Gonna let that, that happen. That, <laughs> and I'll let you know why in a little while. <laughs> I um, that was my bad for everybody that was like, oh, there's a game today. 
uh, because I got a couple messages or a couple DM or what was it? I don't know. Maybe it was Facebook. Anyway, my bad. It was brought to my attention. Um, I don't know why I I had that written down, but I had it written down. So <laughs> that's me. I read it right off of the paper. So anyway, <laughs> um, a couple things real quick before we get into everything. Look, I got a tweet today from oh, crap. I would forget to pull this up. I got a tweet today or I was tagged in a tweet or whatever. There's a bunch of us tagged in it from at Russo Maddie. Okay. Uh, he's got a 13 year old daughter and she has got a single. She's a huge Syracuse fan. Okay. Syracuse community. Um, she is, according to the bio here, uh, Cicely is a 13 year old musician, dancer, and singer who loves to perform her own original music. Besides dreaming of becoming a pop star, Cicely's biggest goal in life is to help find a cure for the disease that ails her cystic fibrosis. Cicely's first single, Long Gone Memory, was released on February 29th, 2020. Uh, which is also National Rare Disease Day. The song is a catchy, optimistic theme that speaks to Cicely's hope that someday CF will be a long-gone memory. All sales of the song go directly to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation to work towards a cure. And you can download that. I've retweeted it. I downloaded it. Um, If you got daughters, young daughters, 13-ish, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, um, it's perfect. My daughter loves it. Um, So... Um, I figured, you know, I could retweet this and just let it sit here, but uh, why not mention it? I just got it a couple hours ago. We're doing the show. I figure why not? So go there. Help her out if you can. It's only a buck. I think they take PayPal and Venmo or Venmo or whatever the hell it is. Uh, I did PayPal. So anyway. It's Venmo. Whatever. I don't care. They take both. So um, cool. uh, Yeah. So good luck to her with that. And, you know, she's not taking any of the money for it. She's and it's actually really good. It's well done. So, um, ACC preview. Um, we are going to be doing with James. So the next time back, we're just going to hit up the Miami game, and then we'll put something together with James. He said he'd come on for an ACC preview. I'm holding them to it. Maybe we'll review some of the buy seller holds from early in the year. That would be fun to go back and look and check yeah. out some of those uh, predictions that we made. And um, you know, so <coughs> something to look forward to. Um, yeah. It became official after the 84-71 win over Boston College that Coach Beheim would not have a losing season again. I think we're running 50 years now for the program. Syracuse improves to 17-13, 10-9 in the ACC. Boston College had a couple late announced injuries. Uh, Jared Hamilton and Nick Popovich didn't play, so um, I guess that was game time thing. Coach didn't know until game time. So, uh, Syracuse ends the regular season this Saturday at four o'clock. I checked it. I double checked. I triple checked it Saturday, four o'clock <laughs> with against Miami at Miami. Uh, the, uh, TV will be ACC network for all of you who can't make it to Miami. Unfortunately. Right. Uh-huh. Great. Yeah. Great time to be there. Uh, after a really sloppy start in the first half, Syracuse would end up going into the locker room up by eight at the end of the first uh, at the end of the first half. Early in the second, Buddy would hit a three to put Syracuse up 40 to 27. BC would call a timeout immediately uh, with 911 to go. In the second, Brahma would grab a rebound off of missed Buddy three and slam it home. I roared. You roared. The, ca- the crowd in Chestnut Hill roared. 
and all was well. The Orange took an 18-point lead on that play. They made it 60-42, to and the lead was never seriously threatened after that for the remainder of the game. So, the good. Elijah Hughes, 11 for 20 from the field, finishing with 28 points, and we could not have, we, we might have lost the game if he wasn't so hot at one point. At one, at one point, he just, he just could not miss, and he was electric, and, um, yes. you know, he could not be guarded, and they were trying. He was just... They couldn't do it. Uh, <laughs> Buddy, 7 for 15 for 21 points. Syracuse was plus 4 on the boards, even though it didn't feel like it. i got to be honest, after I uh, after the game was over and I checked it, I didn't think we were plus 4, 38 to 34. And how about the free throw shooting again? How about it? 84%, 21 for 25. Got to the line 25 times. Massive amount. Excellent. Howard Washington was 4 for 4 from the line. That is good. The bad. Okay, the bad. Um, off nights for Joe Girard, six points. Quincy with two points. Dolzhai with six points. Um, you know, good thing Elijah Hughes was doing what he was doing uh, for, the, for the sake of those three guys there. Uh, Boston College didn't have an off night shooting, though. 45.2%. 19 of 42 from three. They shot 42 threes. 42. <laughs> Rich, yeah. Rich Wayne, four for nine. Thornton, six for ten. Felder, two for four, to name a couple. And um, I'm used to Joe. You're used to it. We're all used to being exposed. But the combination of a little bit of rough defense in a hot shooting night led to a record-breaking night for the Golden Eagles. The most ever threes made on us is now up to 19. The ugly, uh, with all that said, they still lost. And how yeah. the hell do you lose <laughs> After hitting 19 threes, Joe, 57 points in threes. 57. Also, you know what you? yeah, you're going to tell us in a second. Um, no. Also, 20% from the line for Boston College, two for 10. They didn't get there enough, and they didn't make them when they got there. So uh, that would help. That's one thing that would help. Yeah. And we were scoring. In the, they didn't take any. How many two-pointers did they take, Joe? How many shots inside the arc? Do you have that? 16. Well, there you go. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> they made six of them. <clears throat> oh, really? So they were six for 16 inside the arc? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, like you said about def- uh, the rebounds obviously helped, but really you you look at the turnovers and you look at the free throws. Like you said, they shot 20%, 2 of 10. We shot 21 of 25. So we got 19 points from the free throw line. Outscored them by 19 there. And uh, they had 18 turnovers to our 10. So, um, and we shot a better percentage from the floor as well. So that's that's how you lose those games. Uh, I think they got a lot of them near the end to where our defense wasn't as great. And Beheim was seven people out there. I was actually at one point a little nervous. Like, is something going to happen? Like, did he take the starters out too early? Like, because they just oh, kept hitting yeah. threes, right? Yeah, they were open, but, though. They were open. Well, yeah, but, you know, they still end up winning by 13. And like you said, Hughes had a crazy good night. Beheim very efficient as well. And then Sidibe coming out and having another great game. Yeah, Sidibe looked like he was going to kind of uh, be a dud this game and we were all going to be left sitting there with our palms up. But he actually came out in the second half and he did really good. You know, he got the crowd going. He got the crowd going more than anybody. And and, and Hughes scored 28 points. He was awesome again. But again, you also have to. I mean, we they made a lot of threes near the end. I think is, I know it's a and, little skewed. It's a little skewed. There was like yeah, it is a little skewed, right? And our defense. Yeah. We talked about how we'd be able to kind of play this type of defense to where we knew they were going to be shooting a lot of threes. We knew that they didn't really have anything down low. So 
Uh, once I heard Popovich and Hamilton were out, I kind of thought there was no way we were going to lose this. So, yeah, and it was a little kudos to the fans there too. Excellent fans, I think. If I, I mean, I always, kind of always remember a good handful of Syracuse fans at Boston games in Chestnut Hill. I mean, they and they not necessarily that they travel there, but I think a lot of them are there. I think there's a bunch. I think, just think there's a bunch of them there. So, not yeah. that, not that far from from home anyway. Plus, you know, oh, everyone moves from Syracuse, right? So well, I don't know why you'd move there from Syracuse. I mean, more, most people go south, but um, you know, you've got you've got you. I think that's a pretty consistent theme. But you also have, you know, there just wasn't many Boston College. What did they have? You know. You know, seven o'clock on a Tuesday night. I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? You kind of get that effect of, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, the fans didn't show up. It wasn't thick. Well, yeah. And Boston College isn't really having a great year. So I think it was pretty easy for the Syracuse fans to overwhelm them, especially considering, like you said, that little run Hughes went on and how much we were actually winning at some point. I know we only won by 13, but it How wasn't, those, that, it wasn't well, that close. Yeah, it wasn't that close. It wasn't that close. Um, and, and some of those shots Hughes made are ones he doesn't make. Has, no, I mean, those are unguardable. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so, pretty unguardable in college. So Yeah. So, anyway, all right, let's have at it. It's time to hear from you. The loud mouths from the loud house. All right, you guys know what to do. Go to the socials after the game. I prompt your thoughts by asking for your thoughts. You do so. We read them. We grab a couple here and there, and we we um we talk about them. So let's see. Uh, oh, here's one. Here's one. Here's one. At OLQ's, You're gonna start, huh? Huh? What? You're gonna start, huh? Okay. Yeah, look, sounds like it, right? You didn't. Yep. Sound, <laughs> you didn't sound ready. Um, at Oil Cues, he says uh, on Twitter, "I can't believe all those threes we gave up." Sadibi was dominant down low, and Joe should eat a plate of crow. Man, all that Sadibi trash talking you do, bro. <laughs> Look, it's coming back at Act you. Act like buddy. it wasn't you. <laughs> well, what are you talking about? Act Never. Like you didn't either. Never. Oh, Always sticking here. up for Sadibi all year against you. All you did was trash him all year. It's a lie. You're a horrible person. <laughs> I'm trying to motivate him, the coach. Um, no, he's just playing. I'm playing. Yeah, I mean, look, hey, we gave him a ration of crap when he needed it, but he's he's been awesome, man. I I feel like it's four good games in a row. It's four solid games in a row. He did a great job. You know, he only hit one 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 from the line, but he's been good from the line when he's gotten there. He's been pretty decent. We hope for fifty percent. I'll bet you he's above that for the year. I don't know for sure, but I'll bet you he is. In fact, um, go ahead, Joe. I'll look it up. Okay, well, to go back to this whole <laughs> um, game on Wednesday, Joe Pasick, top fan. I was lied <laughs> to. What the? What is this? What is this? What is this? No, this is this is why I said the joke because not only did I get ridiculed on <laughs> Facebook <laughs> from a top fan, but I also brought him to the airport. Um, did you bring him on there Tuesday. on time? Oh, okay. yeah, I got him there on time, and uh, you know he ended up texting me after I dropped him off, saying, "Hey, thanks for the ride." 
or actually it was Wednesday or last last night, sorry, where he said, thanks for the ride. And by the way, thanks for lying to me. He's like, I didn't even watch the game because I thought it was tomorrow. Oh, no. Yeah. So then I had to explain to him that it was actually you. And then he was like, oh, well, I just got you down on Facebook, too. So, well, it was yeah. me. But, Joe, you could step in at any time and be like, Sean, you got that wrong. The game's on Tuesday, not Wednesday. I mean, if you don't, if you if you can't remember, I was traveling and I was doing it from a car, so it was just a situation where I was kind of just. That's his excuse, guys. That's his excuse. I usually check you. Yes. <laughs> um, but we, for okay. some reason, I didn't think I had right. to. Right, Joe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everybody else. It was an no, accident. Don't, don't apologize to me. Apologize to Joe Pasek. I just said, Joe. I'm sorry. I'm not apologizing to you for anything. I didn't do anything. To you. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> okay. Sadivi okay. shoots she shoots fifty percent from the line, fifty four percent from the line this year so far. By the way, so that's good. So bad. All right. Are you done? Can we? <laughs> are we done? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Joe I think- P. Joe P. Watch the highlights on YouTube, man. It was good. It's a good game. Sorry. It's my bad. He went about his business as if there was no game. I feel but I bad. saw that we won. I, w- I hope no one else did that except for him. At least I kind of somewhat know him. So I don't feel too bad. But <laughs> at ZW Rodburn, Sadibi has been a revelation the past few weeks. Played really well again, albeit against a smaller uh, small lineup. Elijah was great again. Buddy shot well again. The zone has to get more active. But at this point in the year... Uh, we are seeing what they are. If we don't outsc- outscore a team, we lose. Well, generally speaking, yes, that is very true. Bye. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it is what it, we're we're seeing what it, what it is on defense. I mean, if you can get hot from three, you can do some damage uh, to Syracuse. And and if we're not on it, Joe, um, like Elijah Hughes doesn't have that game. Like I said, Elijah Hughes doesn't have that game. We we might lose that game. Even with all no. the foul shots and everything. I mean, it's a, it's a good chance. He scored 28 points. Yeah, but he would, they would, just, he would have never taken out the starters. Well, if it's in Butts were candy and nuts, we, we'd all have a Merry Christmas, too. You're not going to say that Elijah Hughes is going to have zero points. 28's a lot, but he's still going to score in the teens somewhere. So even if he scored 13, 14 points, we're still winning that game. Yeah, I mean, I would tend to agree, but you never know. Who knows? Who the hell knows? All right, Facebook. Do a real one this time. <laughs> Paul from Facebook. Each game makes me appreciate Hughes more and more. Next year will be a different team without him. I love watching Gadine. I think this offseason he could become a great player going forward, assuming he works out like Buddy did this past offseason. Yeah, Gadine. He's been Oh yeah. He's been I mean, he's been impressive. I've been impressed with him after he's um, towards the end of the year, past couple games when he gets the minutes he can. He just hasn't been out there enough, man. He hasn't gotten the in-game experience that he needs to grow. I mean, that was Quincy's problem. Or, I mean, Quincy's still having those issues a little bit, but that was his main problem earlier. Yeah. He's getting tanked, yanked out of games. Quincy just doesn't really have a role yet. But, um, or did I say Quincy? Yeah. I, mean, I, I meant Bryson. I meant Bryson, yeah. But, um, yeah. but yeah, you know, Hughes is going to be gone, and we kind of, James kind of hit up on it one day, uh, one episode we did, where what the team is going to look like, and it's not going to be terrible, man. These guys are going to be better, too, you know? So. Right. 
It's but again, uh, it's the it's the factor of that. You see what Elijah Hughes does. You oh, know, like, yeah, well, if he absolutely. wasn't on, like what you like what you said about losing the game, right? If Elijah yeah. Hughes doesn't have that game, there's a lot of people that are like, Elijah Hughes isn't there. Then what is it going to look like? It's it, it might not look great at the beginning of the year. You know, I mean, you look at yeah, it, but he could still come back. He could still come back. Coach made some kind of subliminal comment. Did you hear that? Yeah, the, I kind of heard that, but I don't really ever really know what to, to take from that, especially so early. He said something along the lines of, you know, um, he spoke with Tyus's dad or something along those lines, and his dad was kind of like, man, I wish he would have stayed, or you know, maybe, right, right. maybe they're kind of double-guessing the decision that was made. And, and, you know, you always can do that in hindsight, but um, a lot of people think that, and I, I do too, I mean, like we've talked about it. I mean, what does Elijah have to prove anymore right now? I mean, right. other than <clears throat> other than making this team better, which is like what I mean. I think there's there's things to prove. I, I see. I don't. I don't know if I totally. No. Agree, I don't know if I totally agree with that. But I know Jim says that. But come on, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's. Is it? Can he get much better? Yeah, he can. He can. He can get better. He can get better. He's hard to guard. He can put people on him. There's other people that can that can pick up the slack if he's if he's having trouble on offense. I mean, it could be amazing. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just saying there's an argument to be made to bring him back. And and Syracuse fans would be all about you know they'd if they freaking lose it. I'd lose right. it. That'd be awesome, right? If he ever announced that. So yeah. Anyway. At Jason R. Money. I think it's Jason R. Money. Yeah, Jason R. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives... There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.
What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Money. Uh, A couple games to build up some confidence before the ACC tournament. I love myself some Jimmy B, but wish he would surprise some teams and play man. 18 and 19 threes made says something. Yes, it was. I think he means it wasn't a loss. Yes, it wasn't a loss, but still, zone isn't as effective. So, Joe, we've heard this. We've heard it. First of all, coach is not going to switch to man, especially nope. when he was up by that much and it's containable and, and, you know, a lead that was easy to keep because the offense was there. But, um, you know, as far as so, we don't need to touch on that unless you got something to say about that. The man. No. 
I mean, I have a comment that kind of goes a little bit with that. Well, that I think I could... well, well, let's talk about the ACC tourney. So did you see the new graphic that was up yesterday that they're predicting? You know, obviously we won't know everything until after the, all the games are played. But the one, the latest one that I saw, I've tw- I, I put one on Facebook, and James had one that I retweeted on Twitter, and I put it on Facebook that had Syracuse with the, with the first round by possibly p- playing – um, it, North Carolina, and if they won that, possibly playing like Louisville or something. But the last one I saw was Syracuse playing Miami. So um, we'd have oh, okay. to play Miami twice. Well, Miami would probably have to win, right? Or um, I you know I don't I don't remember. I the haven't scenario, seen the the, the they, recent one. They, they're always changing so much, but I'm just saying, you know, um, building up confidence before the ACC tournament with with these guys that that's huge. It is huge, but. Um, until I know what the ACC tournament looks like, I don't even know if I want to make any assumptions on anything. Right. Because there's a road, th- there's no easy road there. I, I just don't believe that there's an easy road there in the ACC. I just feel like all the, most of those teams are so close except for the, like, the Elite Four. And I mean, Clemson's dangerous, and you can throw them in the mix, too. NC State, yeah. too. You know what I'm saying? So um, It's tough because there's so many, pl- there's so many teams that are have the – close to similar records in conference that whatever you look at right now is not obviously going to be the final product. So it's hard to even cheer for what you want to, but obviously we got to win. And right now, if we win, uh, we finish 11 and nine. And currently right now we're in fifth place alone because we're 10 and nine and NC state lost They're nine and 10. Uh, and I believe the only other two nine and nine teams are playing tonight. Uh, Clemson's playing at Virginia tech. Oh, sorry. There's three. Uh, Clemson's playing at Virginia Tech. Uh, and, uh, Miami's Florida State's playing tonight, right? Yeah, Clemson is nine and nine at Virginia Tech. So if you're a Syracuse fan, you got nothing to do. ACC Network cheer for Virginia Tech. Florida State is playing at Notre Dame. Notre Dame is nine and nine as well. So if Florida State goes on the road, pulls that off against them, then that helps us out. Uh, Miami's playing at home against Virginia tonight. Yeah. So, and then the other third and final nine and nine team, Georgia Tech, is playing at home against Pittsburgh tonight. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like, and I can't do it off the top of my head. But when when the ACC tournament comes around, um, that's what we're going to have the James on for. So we'll talk about it then. But there's no real easy path, no matter what way you slice it. It's just not easy. So, winning games, getting some momentum. Yes, obviously you want to do that. Obviously, but I mean, eighteen and thirteen is not the worst. No, it's not. No, I know. But you win two games, that gets you to twenty. I know you got to win two games though. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's the problem. Uh, at Cuse Waterboy, her buddy Tony. Uh, how do you hit nineteen threes and still lose by double digits? That's it. That's the tweet. That was the tweet. Um, look, yeah, you know he had some responses. He's and you got this guy here. We talked about the uh, the man to man stuff at orange under slash runner. That's why I don't give a crap about when another team hits a three. Zone is about so much more. So you know, and, and it's true. There's a point there to be made that they were made one dimensional. They got so far behind. They're made one dimensional. They were shooting yeah. some threes. They you they went six for sixteen inside the arc, which is really pitiful. So they never were getting to the line. 
They didn't even try to work an angle of getting to the line. And they shot from the line 10 times, and they made only two of them. So, yeah. I mean, that's a terrible... I mean, they had to do it. At some point, they... they, they that, that was the, the white flag playbook. Yeah, yeah. I was like, they I'm, had to do it, and they just... A couple of them caught fire. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Most times, they're not in a situation like that. They're going to miss a couple more, and we end up winning by 20. Right. So, uh, you got any more? Facebook? Yeah, I got a. It's kind of long, Torian. Go ahead, uh, top Torian's fan Torian good. from Go Facebook. Ahead. But I like I like the points that he brings up because it's something that we could talk about. But all wins are good wins. A little off topic, but I'm sure you guys are watching what's happening in Washington with Coach Hop, with three five star recruits and several four stars. They are in dead last in the Pac-12 and will finish the year under 500. Beheim has spoiled us. I watched a couple of games from our 2014 team this week. Randomly came up in my YouTube suggestions. The difference in athleticism compared to our current team is ridiculous. He's really overachieved with this group. They are talented, but athletically more in line with a mid-major outside of Hughes. Beheim can stay until he's 100-plus as far as I'm concerned. If he sprinkled in some occasional man defense or even add a matchup zone or man principles into his zone for teams with great ball movement, I think he could eke out another three to four wins the season. So I know that's long, and that's a lot there. There's, but. A, there's a lot there. Well, let's start with the Coach Hop thing, okay? Because we all love Coach Hop, okay? We're I think I think most Syracuse fans are are Coach Hop fans. Let's be honest, okay? We hate to see him go. There was a lot of there was a lot of bluster early in the year about Coach Hop and what he was doing and how he's recruiting and the guys he's got and the the energy he brings to his squad alone. But it's not producing W's. It started to. But they've slid. Yeah. So this well, is this has been the past two months or one month and a half or so. Coach Ops teams, the Washington Huskies have, have slid a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, they look good. And obviously with the talent like that, they were a little obviously a little overhyped uh, for me. Coach Hopkins uh, and, and being a head coach, his head coach resume to me is still kind of out there. You know, if this was a buy seller hold, I'd be holding because oh, sure. you're. Yeah. Do you remember the ones that he that he coached, for that he coached with Syracuse, right? He, went, he didn't win then, any of them, right? He went over five. That? He went over five in those games, didn't he? Or one for four or something like that? No, yeah, it was it wasn't good. It wasn't good. But then he goes to Washington West Coast, and uh, I think that possibly two three zone everything surprised him. I think he did do pretty well the first two years. That he won Coach of the Year. Yeah, he turned two that years team in a row around. in the Pac twelve. So that's why I said this could just be a a one-off, right? right? But either way, to me, to connect, you know, kind of the dots of what his topic or what his whole comment was, was that Coach Hopkins is probably the reason why we don't have as an athletic of a team right now because of the fact of his recruiting. I think that our recruiting think has gone him. down yeah, since we've lost him. And I, I agree with that. I think we've lost that on some players since we've lost him. And not to, I'm not trying to slight any of the players on the team, but – well, the big men, especially, right? I mean, right. You know, that's where you think about Isaiah a lot, right? Stewart. Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. I, Isaiah so, I mean, Stewart. We've still added- gotten we've still gotten decent decent recruits, but again, I think that this year between this is the third year with Hopkins, and then this was you know what we talked about as far as uh, the sanctions and everything kind of catching up to us. I think this this is what you're going to see as far as, like, the, I think the bottom, like the low of the low. And it's only going to go up from here. 
Yeah, but like you said, we miss him more in the recruiting aspect. I mean, he was a great assistant coach, still brought the energy. Um, you just love him because he's been there so long. I mean, it's just a fixture, you know? It's, oh, well, he I mean, he pretty much got us through the sanctions by being able to recruit guys that were good yeah. enough to come in as freshmen and play, right? Right. And, the tra- by doing, the by doing that, and, but not having yeah. the scholarships, we didn't allow ourselves to grow the depth of the team. So when we lost all our guys after one or two years, and then O'Shea Brissett goes pro when no one thought he was gonna, and then you lose four out of your five starters, your seniors, this is what it's gonna look like. Oh, we, and it could it could be way worse. And, and, and to the point, I mean, we had to, to the point you've made before and Torian's making is that we've we've seen what coach has done this year and you you got to look at it and be like man it's one of his best coaching years ever really this could have been we we yeah we watched this team get so much better like just evolve and they've plateaued a little bit at points and there's been players that like james said to me last night you know it's been shoots and ladders for for quincy he's been up he's been down and it's been difficult for him but ninja um, yeah, I mean, and Joe's Joe, had a great Joe's year, but that's yeah. what you expect yeah. from freshmen, they're, But right? they're young. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Next year, you know, those guys are going to have the experience. And we don't know what we're going to be like without Elijah. But, um, you know, we got the players coming in now, right, Joe? I mean, we got more players coming in. The depth is building. And you got to yeah. look ahead to, like, Buddy's senior year, Joe's junior year, and what that team looks like then. Because it could be kind of similar to this year, next year, if Elijah leaves. You're definitely taking a step back, I got to feel like, right? <laughs> Obviously, it's definitely not a plus. You don't really know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You never know. So, um, you got any more? I'm out. Nah, uh, I think we've hit on everything, man. Okay. All right. Well, let's do it. All right, Joe, Syracuse will wrap up their regular season game in beautiful Miami. They'll face off against the Hurricanes Saturday at 4 p.m. Joe will double-check me. The all-time series sits at 19-8 in favor of the Orange. The Orange won the school's 2,000th game against Miami last year on January 24th of 2019. Uh, since Jim Laranega took over in 2014, Syracuse is 5-3 against him, or Bayham is 5-3 against him. 5'757-pound uh, guard uh, Chris Likes. He leads the team in scoring with 15.2 points per game, and we know how he is, man. He can uh, 5'7", 157 pounds, and he can even drive the lane. So um, He leads also in assists with 2.5. 6'10", 260-pound junior forward Sam Warden- Wardenberg uh, leads Miami in rebounds with 5.9. And then you got the 7-foot, 255-pound junior center Rodney Miller, Rodney Miller, and he's a big body, but he doesn't exactly light it up um, according, you know, I mean, look, he don't light it up. He's a big dude, though, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Uh, we know all about Syracuse's rebounding issues, and they sit at 210th right now in rebounding percentage. You know where Miami sits, Joe? Take a guess. No. 313th in rebounding percentage. Well, so um, no. struggling mightily there. Uh, the Hurricanes are 108 in the net, and just so you know, it doesn't matter. I'm just letting you know that that's where they are. Uh, Syracuse is 67th in the net. So that makes this a quad two game for both teams. And, you know, Miami's one of those teams where, um, you know, I've maybe seen a little bit 
couple games here and there. It's not one of those teams I'm following. They're not great. Um, and this is our first time playing them, of course, in the last game of the season. So, um, Joe, what else can you tell us, man, besides that they suck at rebounding and their big man doesn't – he's just mediocre. Which is kind of crazy. I know. Because you look at Wardenburg, he's pretty tall. Miller's seven foot. Uh, another forward, senior forward, Keith Stone, who doesn't do too as far as numbers wise, he's six eight. So they have some some bodies down there, but realistically, you got to look at um, Chris Likes being as small as he is, and then they start uh, two other guards that are only six three. Isaiah, well, freshman Isaiah Wong, and um, senior Dejan Vasilovic, which I know you'll remember and most of us remember because he's that guy that can shoot the threes out there, and. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be pulling away. So, again, I see this as a team. This is going to be a situation where Chris likes, yes, he can drive the lane, but he doesn't. He's. I don't think he's really ever really had success doing it against two three zone because oh, he's, he draws fouls all the time down there. I mean, yes, he he can draw fouls, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. he can get into the lane and penetrate. But as long as we can be, well, it's hard to say because. They haven't been, but <laughs> I mean, so, you uh, know they, you know what he's going to do. So just let him shoot because you know that you have, it's going to be a bad shot to be able to go in there and shoot. But just stay, um, stay upright and and don't lean into the kid. That's all. I mean, yeah. he, he's thirty seven point nine percent from three, so that's his game. You talk about Vasilovic, thirty four point two from three. So those are your two guys, and I mean, even Isaiah Wong, who's who's taken. Only forty, but he sits at forty percent from three. So right. you got to kind of imagine that their game plan <clears throat> with the way their bigs play, they might try to do something in there. But but the way Sadibi's been playing lately, I feel like he can hold his own down there, even against a two hundred and fifty five pound center. And because yeah. the guy's just not that athletic, let's be honest. I just I don't see them offensively setting up with the big guys down there because they're not one of their any of their main scores. I can see them going small. I mean, Cameron Mcgusty, six uh, five junior. I can see as a guy who I mean, he averages double digits. I can see him in the middle of the zone there and trying to feed it down to some of the the big guys. But overall, just looking at the way that their whole season in the way that uh, I mean, I look at Ken Palm and their defense and their offense and uh, just the way their season's gone in the ACC. They really haven't beaten anybody really, really. I mean, I think their best win was against Clemson at home in overtime. Uh, and so, they beat Virginia Tech recently, but who hasn't? <laughs> no, Virginia Tech recently, yeah. So they did have some non-conference wins that were pretty good. But uh, as far as ACC play goes, they haven't been great. So, again, I see this as a game where they end up – another team that ends up settling for a lot of threes. Yeah, and but they're a better three-point shooting team than um, – Boston College. Boston College came into that game shooting thirty point one percent, and it came out shooting forty five. Yeah. So I just, as long as we take care of the ball, and if we out rebound a team that's worse than us, uh, I mean, what game have we out rebounded a team? Yeah. Well, in, uh, in total yeah. turnover to team yeah. in loss this yeah. year. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm hoping that this is going to be very lopsided on the rebounding end. I'm just pr- hoping and praying that. That we can, we can get lucky on a couple of those. Like last right. night, like I thought it was worse last night, but the bounces, they were just the guys were just not in the right spot. A lot of those long shots, they were coming off those yeah. rebounds. They had four chances to score one time, 
and the shot clock ended up running out on him. So, um, you know, it's just right I mean, place, likes, right time is a lot of it. You yeah. know, I mean, it's just like knowing where to be. But like scares me. And yeah, so does abs- yeah, absolutely. Well, that's I I'm mean, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's right. Like scares too. me because he he can get so low. So he's going to be able to get lower than Gerard and. I can see him giving him fits, and I'm just Vasilovich. He oh, just always hits threes against us. So, um, but again, when we have when we out rebound a team and we take care of the ball and we win the turnover battle, like, we usually win. So, and I don't think they have anybody that can guard Elijah Hughes. No, I don't. I don't think so either. But um, I'm not trying to be overly confident either. But it's the last game of the season. So what the hell? <laughs> Why yeah, and, we, and we usually play not so bad down there. We play yeah. good on the road, yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah. it's one of those situations where there's a lot of snowbirds down there from New York, yeah. and this Larry is Nagus. one of those games that I think that there's going to be a decent, just, I mean, probably more than Boston. I mean, it's going to be, there's not going to be too many Miami Hurricanes basketball fans in there. They're probably going to be cheap tickets, and the Syracuse fans' chance to go to a game down in Miami. Larry so. Nagus struggled against Bayheim too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's that. But um, so we will see. It's going to be fun. It's the last regular game of the season. For let's get to eighteen and thirteen, lock that five seed up, bro. Yeah, let's lock it up and see what happens. We're going to obviously uh, be back once that bracket comes out. We'll put something together with James. So look for that. We'll try to run through a couple of the first game or the first game and a possibility or wherever it leads us. We'll see. We'll have to see where we're where we're at. But um, you know, it's a game every night. Once you get started, so uh, we'll get back and do yep. do the shows as we can. So um, that'll be that, and we'll just hope for the best, man. It'd be fun. It's March, baby. It's March. Yeah. So We're um, getting there. There's already yeah. been the uh, conference tournaments have started for some of the smaller schools already. So yeah. So um, all right, that's it. That's all I got. Um, thank you to all of you. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate appreciate you participating in fan feedback. Go check out uh, my Twitter feed. I'll put it on Facebook, too. Uh, check out Cicely's single there. Help her out with uh, her fight against cystic fibrosis. We appreciate it. She appreciates it, too. Yep. And I guess uh, um, I don't have a sponsor hey, to say Saturday. What? Saturday, all the games will be over with. So, okay, so we'll Saturday, know Saturday night. Saturday is six o'clock. North Carolina is at Duke, and that's going to be the. I think that's the last ACC game. So, come Sunday, we'll know what the uh, what the ACC tournament bracket is going to look like. Yeah, that'll be interesting. That's cool. All and right. shout out to Syracuse Lacrosse. Oh yes, one of the polls. Yes, we will. And also, man, we should have mentioned this earlier because I doubt anybody's even listening to this right now. Probably not, no. <laughs> but uh, we're gonna hit up some a little bit of lacrosse um, after after things clear up here with basketball and take a break in between the tournaments. So um, yeah. we'll we'll see what we can do with that. But, hey, they're undefeated. Has some good yeah, they're playing, losses. They're playing already, freaking. Right? They're playing freaking awesome, dude. They've beat yeah. they've beat some solid solid teams this year so far. Army so just Army, beat Hobart. Hobart ranked, was ranked. So, yeah. yeah. So. Um, uh, that's going to be something to look forward to this spring. Absolutely. So, um, all right, that's it. That's all I got for Joe. I'm Sean. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia podcast, the fans voice with Sean and Joe.